Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Read podcast. This is your host Aman Tiwana and this is Kathy Thakur and both of us love reading books. On this podcast we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. Today we are discussing well-behaved Indian women by Soumya Dave. It is a mother-daughter story about three generations of women who struggle to define themselves as they pursue their dreams. Simran is an Indian American who is studying psychology. Her mother Nandini is a doctor. Nandini's story is a true example of how women face sexism and racism in their careers and how they have to deal with their husbands' demanding families. And a lot of the women keep enduring that for their children's sake. The third woman mentioned in the story is Mimi who is Nandini's mom and Simran's grandmother. I actually really like the grandma's independent spirit in the book. Yeah, me too. But let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before discussing it further. This book brings up a lot of relevant issues in the Indian society, but what we found interesting was how different relationships were portrayed in the book. The first relationship dynamic that really stood out to me was the way girls are brought up in India in comparison to how boys are i don't remember who said it but someone in the book says to nandini that you are lucky to have a daughter nandini they care more they want to make sure the parents are okay you know this annoys me so much that since an early age the society just starts conditioning girls to be more caring more responsible more understanding and by repeating these things over and over the society is just creating this minimum standard that girls just have to meet while look at boys are bringing they just get a free pass for so many things with statements like boys will be boys boys are more immature and i'm yeah. like no they are not you <laughs> you're just not asking the same things of them and if they're so immature why are you okay handing over your property your money your financial control to them just answer this question i think this is just the biggest hypocrisy our society has created yeah you know that's so true i would also add here that if girls start to think about themselves and they start prioritizing their happiness over others they are called selfish exactly how dare they Also have you noticed how moms are supposed to do everything for their children and every time moms always fall short and become the target of taunts from their in-laws but at the same time if dads do a little something for their child like you know even like polish their shoes before schools everyone is like wow your dad is so cool he's helping your mom see? I know that's so true i have seen it even with my own friends here like the husbands even if they do the bare minimum they're still praised to be great husbands and great dads who help i don't understand this term help first of all and i see my friends who are new moms and they're battling with this guilt of not being perfect and of the million expectations that are put on them i know you know this reminds me of something else my cousin had a child and her husband used to wake up in the evenings or like in the nights you know to take care of the child when he was crying and everyone in the family was like oh my god he's <laughs> helping so much and i'm like look at the 
woman she she gave birth she was pregnant for 9 months she stopped working and now like her career has taken such a back seat you know she'll have to start from the beginning now when she goes back to the workforce what the hell <laughs> and you're still praising so the this man this kind of goes back to the <laughs> minimum standards we have set for men versus women right like the woman has to be perfect the yeah. moms have to be perfect in in every possible thing i even know a friend very soon after she had the baby somebody was already making comments on her physical appearance like she's gotten overweight or whatever and i'm like on top of everything she has to do for the baby now she has to also make sure she is fitting your image of how she should be looking while doing this i know it's so sad you know coming back to what we were saying earlier i think even our moms like if i ever decide to have kids and if i ever have kids and my husband is helping me a little bit you know i am pretty sure my mom is going to say oh at least they are doing that much your dad never did anything so you I should know, be grateful they are always like be grateful he's not hitting you be grateful he's not like a monster like you know yeah. those are things we have to be thankful for <laughs> i know speaking of things that our parents say i also find it very odd that the moment we get married they are like coming up with all this great advice on how to keep a marriage happy or what you should do and should not do or like you know random free unsolicited advice but before we are married there's like zero communication around any dating or sex ed or anything like that and i feel like that's such yeah. a big factor in why we hide our relationships from parents which then you know affects our dating life if by mistake your parents find out that you are dating then that's another level of a problem like there's this whole concept of izzat that comes in like you the family honor gets dragged in and then there's so much more pressure to make it work because they're like oh now that you are dating this person make sure you are marrying this person as soon as possible so you know nobody says anything to us but i also think that brown parents don't understand this whole concept of <laughs> <True>. dating <laughs> for them you know it's like you're in your 20s and he's your boyfriend of course so you have to get married to him like what do you mean like i like being <laughs> with him but i don't want to get married <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> you know it's funny i just had this conversation with my friends the other day during a discussion we realized there's no good word for dating in hindi or punjabi like they'll Ooh. call it a chakkar which if you translate yeah. is like an affair which is a much stronger a stigmatized term and comes with like you know so much shame i know chakkar <laughs> or like affair feels like you're having an extra marital affair i wonder who are we cheating on no, we are there? cheating we are cheating on our parents <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so true i can see them you know my parents <laughs> being cheated on <laughs> and you then you can't even leave them right okay so i cheated on you now i'm leaving you you can't even do that <laughs> <laughs> no they like you cheated on us we are going to like lock you up here so that you cannot do it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's such an unhealthy relationship <laughs> and also on the same topic of dating simran's best friend in the book she has been you know born and brought up in the us and she's dating a white guy but she can't tell her parents because her parents would never agree to it of course because she's also indian and i kept thinking how would my parents behave if i was dating a white guy or any other non indian race or even like someone from india but not from my religion that would be so oh, chaotic i don't think that would go well at all 
Like yeah. first of all, I see all this drama of family honor and izzat happening, and how did we not care enough about our parents and brought shame to them? And after that, I I honestly can't imagine the level of emotional blackmail that would be. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, I think that's why I broke up with so many guys because <laughs> I knew my parents won't agree, and I just don't have the energy to. fight them you know like think about it so many years of my life wasted <laughs> on fighting <laughs> to get married to the person i like i mean <laughs> who yes, has time very for valid that? reason kathy <laughs> 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 yeah i just can't imagine the struggle and the drama you know and okay and that also makes me so mad because being yourself with your sexual and dating preferences is so difficult in our society and you know at this point i'm not even singling out india right like i think everywhere on this earth it is so difficult why why do we make it so hard for people to just be themselves yeah i don't know why we still continue to be this way especially when we have clearly seen so many cases that backfire whether it's a case of sexual preference or whether it's a case of forced or arranged marriages like just come back to the book in this case Nandini's marriage was a marriage of convenience and necessity and she agreed to this marriage to please her sick father when you read the book you can see there was so much subtle emotional blackmail going on and since nandini's marriage was of convenience i think she was in it because of her children in the book there's this one time when simran realizes that that you know her, her mom has been sacrificing all her life for children and you know what i'm sure every child of our generation has noticed it and i have noticed it with my mom and every other mom around, around me as well how they have been sacrificing their lives for their children and that's exactly why i'm so scared of having kids because to me it seems like if i have children my priorities will be left so far behind and maybe it's not true you know maybe it depends on the mother to take care of her priorities as well as her children but this is what we have seen has been happening around us right like parents are staying in unhappy marriages because of children parents giving up on their careers and their wishes because of their children how messed up is that and the worst part is that our parents even today expect us to do that too yeah i agree i think they definitely expect us to do the same even when they claim that children's happiness is what matters most to them I think that's not entirely true because somewhere the societal image matters more. They can't stomach the idea of a divorced child, especially a divorced daughter. And I often feel that they would prefer unhappy married children over single happy ones. Oh, I bet that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe this is because that's what they think marriage is. A cocktail of compromise, struggle, and you know, just a means to reproduce. So I don't think we can fully blame them either when that's all they have seen in their life. That's one cocktail I would not like to have. <laughs> yes. None of us like to have. It's a force-fed cocktail <laughs> in our society. <laughs> you know what the book did one great thing. They showed an example of a healthy relationship between Nandini and her husband Ranjit. I think their relationship was sort of hopeful that people have the capacity to change and a relationship can become a healthy one even if it didn't start as one i really like that part in the book i agree i also like the transition of ranjit and nandini's 
chaotic marriage to something more peaceful and i think that is how you know ranjit's character development is also shown which is great because at some point ranjit finally accepted that nandini is a career oriented and an ambitious woman in fact you know there is a moment in the book when simran gets to learn about her mom's life and how passionate nandini is about her career and what all she has to go through to keep her career going and simran is thinking to herself i wonder who nandini would have become if she hadn't been born in india and by this i think she meant that if there you know if there wasn't anyone pulling nandini back from everything she wanted to achieve she definitely would have been a more successful person in her career right and that made me think you know how different my life would be if i wasn't an indian oh i think about it all the time yeah <laughs> i know me too and you know if i wasn't an indian i don't think i would ever get married for sure <laughs> <laughs> i hope my husband isn't listening to this <laughs> and i don't think i would ever be working as a software engineer because in a million years that wouldn't be the profession i would choose for myself and i feel I like a lot of people are nodding their heads right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure and i am also thinking maybe i would be more confident right like because i don't know i just think that maybe i would be more confident and i can totally see myself becoming a hippie if left to my own devices i'm pretty oh sure. i want to see that <laughs> no those days are behind me <laughs> no don't say that haven't you seen grace and frankie no i haven't so frankie is like this old woman totally hippieish so i guess you can be a hippie khyati in your old age <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i would like to do that i would be a hippie old khyati <laughs> but you know in all seriousness i definitely agree with you on the confidence part for sure because this is something i have felt too that girls here just are more self assured and confident than we indian girls generally are obviously if you grow up in a more open accepting environment you will be more assured in yourself so i feel like i would be a lot more confident if i was growing up in like us or somewhere Another thing I feel like I would date a lot more because it's just so accepted here. Like there's no hiding and the drama yeah. involved. I know. And, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely would not be an engineer. <laughs> Most of the Indians in Silicon Valley would, you know, agree with. Oh, us. what would happen to Silicon Valley? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there won't be any Silicon Valley. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That is why Indian parents force everyone to study engineering. I know they are the backbone of <laughs> this area. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I would have studied something more artsy. Now that I think about it, like maybe creative writing. I've always wanted to write a book, but I don't have the coaching or the practice to do it in the right way. I feel, and if I studied something like that, maybe I would have written my book by now. What kind of book would you write? I think I would write the kind of books I like to read like fiction and stories. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. I have been waiting for your book for so long now, Taman. Please write it. <laughs> I will write it. I will write it. One day you will be <laughs> reading my book and I'll just sit here and you'll be discussing by yourself because it will be my book. <laughs> <laughs> But for now I'm just happy reading books. You would be actually surprised to hear that right now I am not reading a fiction. Oh really? Yeah, so I'm reading, reading non-fiction. Yeah, I'm reading this book called Attached, which talks about psychology and different attachment styles all of us have, 
you know, how we can use this knowledge to interact better in our relationships. I am finding this book really insightful and I think everyone should read it. Oh, that sounds like an interesting book. I'll pick it up. Also, it's non-fiction, so right <laughs> up my alley, right? <laughs> Greater chance of you reading it. Yeah. Funnily enough, I just finished a great fiction book called A Marriage of a Thousand Lies. I am so excited to discuss it in our book club this month because this is one of the very few fiction books that I have really enjoyed. And, you know, it has also made me think about so many things in my life, too. I definitely recommend it. Definitely look forward to it after your raving reviews of it. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% on select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA Store. The NBA where amazing happens. So this was a discussion of the book Well-Behaved Indian Women by Soumya Dave. For our next episode, we are talking to the author herself. Don't forget to tune in and until then, keep listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash browngirlsread slash support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Brown Girls Read Pod and Brown Girls Read One on Twitter. If you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on our social media. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube for more content.